All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Can you see it? Did you comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser in with a shot he scores a moment's notice it only You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That would get 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Guadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer is Alex Allard, high above Rogers Arena which had a leaky roof last night, as did the Canucks with their defense once again in the third period. Uh, Dave Guadrelli, Chris Faber, Alex Lard, Canucks conversation. Chris, where do we start today? The back of my head looks like a one of those bulldogs with the, the skin that's all crumbled up and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? The back of my I, I got to get that checked out. Whatever's going on in the back of my I because I can't, I don't ever see the back of my head. And I got this, this big crease in there. What's going on back there? I, I don't know what to tell you. I, have, I you, have you noticed this before? No, I've never noticed it. I don't like it. It's freaking me out here. I think that happens when you get older. Was I dropped? 
when I was young? Jeez, Louise, I tell you, if I move it in the right way, it looks like it's talking on the YouTube. Anyways, all right, flip us over, Alex. Get me out of here. I don't like this back view here anymore. It's This back view's got to go. I got a half green screen behind me today. Yeah, so again, I'm worried about Alex the, putting something up there too. I don't know if he, I don't know if he has the the well, capabilities to pull that off. You've got but. half of it up, so well, I can uh, put the whole. Th- I'm gonna put the whole thing out. I don't want that back view anymore. Yeah, we will. for For those on the uh, YouTube, we've heard your comments that you don't like seeing the weird reflection on Faber's uh, on Faber's camera when he goes to his personal camera. So uh, we're getting that fixed. We're gonna have a uh, green screen and I. Don't like the kind of power that's going to give Alex. Let's be oh, honest. Oh no, here. I know Alex has enough power on the show. I think already, we're both so. a little bit worried about that. To be honest with you, oh, two dude, two weeks in, and we're already fearing Alex. We need a green screen for yours. I don't. I don't know if anybody's commented on that little halo behind you in your video either. Yeah, your little gonna, uh, just gonna block it with my uh, my arm. Okay, enough. It's a new coat too. You're wearing a new. Yeah, coat? Yeah, I went to Uniqlo. It was it was good. Got a dark green shirt. Uniqlo. Yeah, Uniqlo. It is a. Um, I think it's a Japanese clothing store. Okay. Uh, and they have it in a uh, couple malls. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I got a shirt and a bigger shirt, a corduroy shirt. Um, girlfriend's fashion, it was her recommendation. I think it looks great. Someone says, yeah, it's a second mouth on the back of my head there. What's that, like uh, Harry Potter? Don't, doesn't he have a second head in the back there? Uh, one of the, the Harry Potter, the bad guys? Okay, Alice, get out of there. <laughs> what, doesn't Isn't one of the Harry Potter guys is Snape? Professor Snape. Snape doesn't have two faces. Well, it's in I the just watched cham- Harry Potter for the first time. Chamber of Secrets. There's a Did guy I? with a, the mouth in the back. He's got the little uh, Voldemort coming through the back of his head. That's what I got going on back there. Did I tell you that I just watched Harry Potter for the first time? Have we? Oh, really? About this? Yeah. Like I, ne- I've, okay. I had seen Harry Potter on TV and kind of you know watched it, whatever. But so- I'd never watched the first movie uh-huh. front like start to finish. I'd never watched any of the movies start to finish, but I watched all nine of them. All nine of them. Yeah. Wow, in a, in a row? What you, in a row. you watch these? Not not, not like all in right? one night. No, no, no. Not even all in like one month. It, it was the course of like two months. I just you finished ever, it though. There's a there's a video I watched. Uh, I seen it the other day pop up again. Jimmy Kimmel had one of his producers watch every episode of Game of Thrones in a weekend. Yes, it's I like, saw that. It's something. It's like 48 hours or something of watching yeah. over like three days. You watch. How it? much would you have to get paid to do that? And I'm not honest. talking like you labor want me to be laws. honest. Yeah, I'm talking about you personally. Um. Fifteen hundred bucks. I'd do it for fifteen hundred bucks, really? and I think that's pretty cheap. I, I'd do it for fifteen. What? A, that is cheap. I, I don't wouldn't think do it it's for the worst thing in the world. I what I've told you before. There's times where I haven't left the house here in forty eight hours. Like last week, I didn't leave the house for like forty eight hours. I was stuck here working for you and slaving away. Somebody's got to write articles at Canucks Army. Yeah, I pay you more than fifteen hundred though. Not for two days of work. No, you don't. <laughs> okay, uh, chat is active early, folks. We appreciate your interaction. Look, and you can see on the bottom, vibe in the chat. We're going to get to a lot of stuff in the chat today. Because, yeah. Uh, Again, the listeners coming out hard with their suck for Bedard uh, hashtag. Yeah, we got which yesterday we were Bedard trying to stuff. figure out a good one. And suck hard for Bedard is the one we're hearing. Yeah, I think that's what we're going with. That's got a good ring to it. Again, uh, Connor Bedard, we're going to be trying to get him on the show for sure. Oh, I can get you Bedard next week if you want. Yeah, well, I think we all want it. I think all the listeners want to hear from Connor Bedard. Once we I tell think, him that the show name is, he'll be here in a second. He's a big, big he, Canucks guy. Is he young and impressionable enough that we could convince him to at least put it out on the record that he would say no to every other team no, that drafted no. him. I tell you, we, let's work on Jake Livingstone signing him by the NCAA first before we start going for Bedard. Really? Yeah. You want we, Jake Livingstone ahead of Connor Bedard? Well, I mean, I think we got a better chance with Livingstone. Sure. Yeah, We've got a better chance of bringing right him Right shot defenseman out of Minnesota, Mankato. Nice. He's ripping it up. Did you just notice that Alex just switched your green screen to black? Oh, no, I don't like this. Alex has got, he's already got too much. He's going to have me laying down in the freaking chair. I, God damn, I knew he was going to have something. Okay. It looks better, though, Alex. I actually do like the uh, the black there. Is it, yeah, it looks which, great. Which side is it? This side? Yes. Okay, okay, enough. Podcast listeners, we got to remember the your favorite thing to say is, oh, man, this is still a no, podcast. No, I don't say that anymore. I yeah, you my said mind. it on the first one, yeah, and then you're like, oh, I like all this stuff we have here. Uh, okay, I gotta let's get to it here. I got to keep an eye on Alex in this sneaky little green screen, though. <laughs> Our first topic here is tank hard for Bedard, but I want to move away from the sheet here. Let's talk about this loss. Sheet. Let's talk about the loss to the Carolina Hurricanes because, Chris, I was on Stanchi's duty last night. I had hey, a lot of a job, by the way. I think that's your best right. I told you this. I told you this over the text last night, tweeted it out. And here you were you're replying to me. Thanks so much for your thing on Twitter. I told you last night. You don't need to say thanks oh, on well, Twitter it's, twice. It's here. Nice to say it on Twitter too. But no, it was it was your. I think that was your best writing. Uh, you know what? From from what like the feeling that I had leaving the rink yesterday, coming up here, sitting down, doing the dog rating. I'm doing all the calculations. Send it your way. Pretty much carried your article with the dog rating. Uh, but 
to actually go through and read your stanchies, it was like, ah, oh, you did a really good job of like making it fun. So props to you for that. We know how hard that is. Uh, and Alex has got it pulled up here, the Stanchies last night. So we'll, Yeah, go read the Stanchies if you haven't already, folks. I Wyatt obviously the, writes yeah. it usually. I wrote it last night. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, the team we got together for the Stanchies is, is going to be a blast. Well, yeah. And you know who doesn't get a shout-out enough? Lachlan. Maybe you were about to. Yeah, Lachlan. Yeah, yeah. Gift Commander Lachlan. Yeah, yeah. What did I called I called him Gift Master General okay. on the like uh, on the Stanchies. That's my nickname for him. And yeah, Lachlan's a huge part of the team at Canucks Army. Hey, last um, night was better, though. Helpful last night was better, and I think... I hate, you know, it's wild to say because the Canucks might just keep losing, but I feel like last night helped turn a page a little bit for the Vancouver Canucks okay, to a certain degree. Yes, but this is my point, and okay. this is what I talked about in the end of the Stanchies, which mm-hmm. apparently you read. I gotta, I gotta talk about this because this is what's bothering me is I was seeing fans last night, and it's more of the. Like, there's two extremes here, okay? The Canucks played well last night. Okay, and maybe if Quinn Hughes is in the lineup, maybe they get that win. But all of their flaws are still on display, right? And again, like the Hurricanes were a tired group. And again, they still came out and and dominated the Canucks at the start of the third, at least. Canucks put up a fight. Like, the Canucks could be somewhat happy about their effort last night. Let's be honest here, okay? Thatcher Demko, I thought that was his best game of the season. I thought that was the best Canucks opponent of the season as well. I don't know if they played better than any team that the Canucks have faced this year, but... Regardless, my point here, Chris, is that I think what fans are worried about is seeing some wins starting to come and saying, oh, well, everything's fine now. And and again, not fans saying this, the organization saying this, right? Where, oh, well, we just had a tough start. We changed the coach. And I don't know if they're going to change the coach. I'm not trying to say that. Whatever it is, we had injuries. There's one that they could use easily, right? So far, Jim Rutherford doesn't really want to say that because he says when you say that, you're admitting you're a bad team. Memo to Jim Benning because that was the excuse every single year. So I think what fans are worried about is starting to get that elite level goaltending. Again, I don't want to use the term worried because everybody likes wins, right? Everybody wants to cover a winning team. Well, but I think the fans, like yeah, exactly. I think the fans that have the long-term outlook here are looking at it and just saying, man, like even if you get that elite level goaltending, which I think you're going to get within a couple weeks here. Like that's what I wrote at the end of the statues is the turnaround's coming. Like I have no doubt that the turnaround's coming. This team's not, this team is probably going to end up in the exact same spot where they're not actually bad enough to draft Connor Bedard or um, Luke Fusilli or whatever his oh, name is. The gracious. good Italian kid going in the top five. Fantilli. Yeah. Fantilli. Um, that's they're di- not going to be, that's Italian on Italian crime right there. <laughs> Well, my point here, Chris, is that they're not going to be bad enough to draft in the top five of this very deep draft where, you know, the top end, you know, I had someone say to me, the top four prospects in this draft are better than any first overall pick since Jack Hughes. And I'm not asking you to agree or disagree with that. I'm just saying that it's a deep uh, draft and the top of the draft is very, very good. Now, I think what fans are worried about is saying, okay, well, this elite-level goaltending is going to come back, and even though the Canucks evidently aren't a great team in front of Thatcher Demko, it's being put on full display right now through these seven games, they're going to start getting wins. They're going to start moving up the standings, but because of these flaws, they're not going to make the playoffs, and if they do, they're just going to squeak into the playoffs, which, hey, that's fine. You can cheer for playoffs. I'm totally fine fine with that. I'm not trying to tell people how to cheer. I'm trying to speak for the fans right now that are having this long-term outlook of saying, this is Groundhog Day. This is why apathy is starting to set in for some people because the turnaround's coming, but it's not going to be enough, and they're going to use it as an excuse to run it back next year as they did with the winning streak that happened last year. Like, Listen to the verbiage that's used when Jim Rutherford first gets this organization, right? We're thinking of fire sales happening. We're thinking that there's going to be major wholesale changes to this team. None of that happened. They ran it back. And I understand that's part of doing business in the NHL in in a flat cap world. I've heard all the excuses. I get it. I'm not trying to say that everybody is at fault here. But right now, you're looking at it and just saying, okay, well, the turnaround's coming. And once it does... How happy can you really be about that? Because it's probably not going to be enough to get in the playoffs. It's going to be enough probably to make sure that you don't draft in the top four or five of this upcoming draft. And you're probably going to use it as an excuse. Not you, sorry. They are probably going to use it as a reason for, hey, we can run it back next year and we just needed to change the coach. That's what they told us last year. We need to change the coach. We needed to avoid injuries. We need to improve our depth, whatever it's going to be that they say. Again, you're just seeing more and more fans um, being open to the idea of wholesale 
uh, wholesale changes. And again, uh, the chat's even jumping in and really getting involved today, which is really nice to see. But we're going to talk to Matt Larkin of Daily Faceoff because he had a really good article about what a rebuild would actually look like for the Vancouver Canucks. Went over some different uh, different scenarios. And again, I don't even want to. I don't even want to get into it too much because it's just. I feel like it's almost wasted breath, right? Well, it's it's just, are you going to run down the same road here that you've been down for the last 10 years? Or are you actually going to do something significant to make the change, right? And I think that's what Canucks fans, the ones who are like really invested in this team, which are the hardcore fans, which I think a lot of, you know, the, the team has to not just look at ticket sales and the fans that want to, you know, have a good time in the building every, every second Friday or, you know, once a month you go to a Canucks game, that's cool. And if, you know, you just want to watch the hockey, that's great. But this this fan base has so many actual hardcore fans that don't just want to see a, a win on a Saturday night when they yep. you know put a you know save up you know a couple hundred bucks and, and you want to go to the game on Saturday and do that once a month that's great you know that's going to pad the owners' pockets when you when you have enough of those people doing that but this team unfortunately for for a lot of their hardcore fans hardcore fans want to see this team in the playoffs regularly regularly not just squeaking in for one year and getting you know whooped by the Colorado Avalanche and hoping you win a game something like that like that's what I look at when I when I think of people that I'm interacting with online whether it be here in this chat on Twitter everywhere we see in the comments section of Canucks Army I mean those are the fans to me that I just feel bad for because they want to see what a winner looks like and I, I you know hearing Rutherford say it on on after I was I brought it up yesterday you know the fans are very well aware what a rebuild would feel like in the here and now. I think they're just ready to maybe hear it. This fan base is smart. Like, that was the heading to end the Stanchies last night, Chris, was best this fan base is smarter than you think. And I understand Jim Rutherford's new to the fan base. He's definitely not new to the game of hockey. Again, like, again, this is the guy that won cups with Sidney Crosby, right? Like, I understand tanking doesn't guarantee you... uh, you know, uh, you're going to get Connor Bedard or anything like that, and definitely doesn't mean that for the Canucks. But I pointed out on yesterday's show, the one year they did anything resembling tanking, they ended up getting Elias Pettersson. The one yeah. year! So, again, I, I don't want to get too into it. We've got Matt Larkin coming in shortly here. Well, before here, we bring but... Matt in, I see what Alex is up to here. Look, he's got half the... Because I only got half a green screen. He's got half... <laughs> look, I can fill it up with my head here on the other side. Now we got a full logo there. Oh, wow. That's a really clever use of the green screen by yeah, Alex. I tell you, Alex doesn't get... Whatever Alex gets paid, he's probably making 100K here on this <laughs> show, just producing us and keeping us on track. But, I mean, he deserves more. All right, let's bring in Matt, uh, let's bring in Matt Larkin here. Wrote a great article... Uh, you can find it right now at dailyfaceoff.com. What would a Vancouver Canucks rebuild even look like? Because we've we've talked about it, we've discussed it, but now we can really dive into it with Matt. Matt, thanks for joining us here. How are you doing? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's my pleasure. I'm liking the fire, the anger you guys are bringing today. Show so much you care. And I'm, I'm a little starstruck being on with Mr. Faber here, the, the karaoke king at the draft, belting out Enrique Iglesias. I loved it. 
I was thinking tomorrow we might just like skip Canucks talk. It'll be like the first half will be karaoke, second half will be quads talking about Harry Potter movies that he just recently right. watched for the first time. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. Well, it was uh, that was a fun night uh, down there uh, in Montreal for sure. Karaoke was was an absolute blast. We'll, we'll see if we get to that point tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but but Matt, you wrote about it, man. Um, it is interesting, and I like how you broke it down with like the no brainer options, realistic options. There is a lot of different ways for the Canucks to attack this if they do want to go down the road of a rebuild. Do, do you think that's actually something that happens, though? I, I mean, we're here in Vancouver. We, we we are too deep into this, to be 100% honest. I love somebody in the chat said, happy Tuesday. And I was like, oh, God, it's only Tuesday. It's our second <laughs> show of the week. But from like an outside of Vancouver perspective, is a rebuild something you see actually coming for the Vancouver Canucks here soon? I don't see a full rebuild. And if you could sort of say the title of the article out loud, my tone of voice, which you can't get from writing, is <laughs> kind of like this. Uh, what would a rebuild even look like? I don't understand because this team is too far gone. When you do something like sign Ilya Mikheyev, you sign JT Miller to a long-term contract, paying him until he's 37 years old. Those are not the behaviors of a team that thinks it's going to be in this position. The Canucks played, I think it was, what, 649 hockey after Bruce Boudreau took over last year. And I'm starting to wonder if that was actually more curse than blessing. I bought into it. I thought the Canucks were going to be a playoff team this year. And you could see with the moves they made this offseason, they behaved like a team that thought they had a chance to make a run in the Pacific Division. And now you've got a lot of investments in guys that are long-term deals. Those are hard contracts to move. So if you look at the list, like I said, you know, if you're looking at someone like Connor Garland, you signed him last year to a five-year deal. You have several years left, almost $5 million. That's a hard contract to move. You have leftover contracts from the Jim Benning era, like Tanner Pearson's, a couple years left, more than $3 million. That's a hard contract to move. And if you go down the list, even Oliver ekman Larson, it's a possible buyout. It's going to be very painful to do it. So I don't know how realistic that is as well. But there are some options at the top of the story that I consider more realistic. And the first, it's Bo Horvat. We know the writing is starting to feel like it's on the wall. I know before the season started, he expressed his interest in staying with the Canucks. But we know that the contract negotiation was not necessarily going that well. You look at the comments he's been making in the press. It's not exactly what you want to hear from your captain when he says we may never win a game again. (laughs) And that is an asset you can get a lot for. Let's face it. He can do so many things well. He is a leader when he's feeling right mentally. He can play in all situations. He can score goals. He has a history of scoring goals in the playoffs. You can get a first-round pick and a prospect for Bo Horvat. I want to ask you about JT Miller because – there was a lot of talk last year at the deadline about maybe moving him and trading him off, and then they signed him to this extension, and one of the point of contentions it felt like for a team acquiring Miller was, okay, well, are we going to be able to get him signed to an extension? We kind of talked about how Miller's contract is technically below market value. Do you think there could be a trade market for JT Miller this year, considering he doesn't have any trade protection until next year? Yeah, and that's the question I ask in the article, and to me, it's a matter of, Can you sell a team that acquires JT Miller on the idea that it's almost like you signed him? The difference is, of course, you'd have to surrender an asset if you're getting him in a trade. So it's not exactly the same. But we know he was going to be worth, like you said, a lot more in the open market than what he's getting. Coming off a 99-point season last year, and he's got a pretty unique skill set, big body. He can play center or the wing. He's still sort of in his prime, at least statistically, not physically based on age. But we know he has a lot of good years left. So I do wonder... If you think of him in a hypothetical scenario, let's say he had made made it to market, the contract would have been for a lot more in terms of AAV. So if you were a team last year who was hoping to take a shot at JT Miller, you could think of it as, hey, you know, we're getting him for less than we thought we would have had to pay him on an extension. Maybe it's a do-over situation for a player who I'm not sure how well he jives with that room. I know he's got a bit of reputation as being an intense personality, and I don't know if it always fits with the younger guys on the team, at least from what I've heard. So if there's a way to get a do-over, it could sort of put the Canucks down the right path to a true rebuild. Because to me, that's that's the linchpin piece. It's JT Miller. When you have a star player whose contract hasn't even started yet, how do you consider that a rebuild or at least a yeah. rebuild-friendly environment? If you move Miller, then I think it opens the door to sort of just change the perception of the team going forward long-term. Okay, other than Horvat, other than Miller, what move that you laid out is the one that you could see the Canucks actually pulling off here to pull off a rebuilder, I guess. Which one would you suggest that they go for? Yeah, there are a couple. I think one is trading Tyler Myers. And 
I don't know if it's just because Tyler Myers has that big frame when he makes a mistake throughout his career. It's more noticeable, but he's someone who I think has gotten a bit of a bad rap ever since he won that Calder Trophy. I think he's settled into being a pretty capable top four NHL defenseman. He's a right shot. He has two years left, including this one on his deal. I don't think that's a particularly hard contract to move. People always need defensemen. Teams have injuries. Someone who's a top four or on a, on a really good team, even a, a bottom pair guy like that, with that type of mobility and a big body, I think it's reasonable. The AAV is, what, $6 million? The Canucks, you could eat some salary there. You're only paying the retained salary till next year. So I think that's a fairly realistic option. And the other one to me that's intriguing is Brock Besser. And he's had such an interesting career to me. Of course, we know he's been through a lot personally. But just the talent, the shooting talent, it's something that reminds me, of course, of Patrick Laine. Brock Besser is one of the best pure shooters in the game today. And he doesn't have a 30-goal season blows my mind. But we know, of course, it's largely because he's had a hard time staying healthy. At the same time, he's still just 25 years old. There's trade value there. There's term left on the deal. And the value that comes with the term is that you're not just looking to sell him as a rental to a contender. He's still young enough that the list of suitors is bigger. You could have a team that's sort of looking to get over the top. Even a rebuilding team that wants to build around a goal scorer, someone like Besser, actually could have appeal because there's upside left given his age. So I see that as more likely an off-season trade. You don't have to rush it if he's not a rental, but I do think it's a trade that's somewhat realistic if you're deciding to go full rebuild. Matt Larkin of Daily Faceoff joining us here. Check out his latest article, uh, What Would a Vancouver Canucks Rebuild Look Like? Are you are you a little surprised that Jim Rutherford's running this team and we haven't seen a trade yet That that to somewhat correct the ship here? I mean, I thought four games in, we might see it. Five games in, we might see it. We're seven games in now without a win. And this is Jim Rutherford, famously known as uh, Trader Jim. You can pull it up, Alex. You got the Trader Jim photo. I know you got it in there. Yeah, it's funny. I remember saying to Jim Rutherford when he was between jobs, I was talking to him for a story I was working on, and I said, Jim, can you just come back? We miss you because you make so many <laughs> trades. And he laughed. I said, you're so entertaining. You're, I, I call him the cowboy. Him and David Poyle, they love to take chances, especially Jim Rutherford. So I'm a little surprised. The thing that's tough with having Rutherford on board, and obviously he's not officially in the GM role, but he's having a, a large hand in, in hockey decisions, is he doesn't do rebuilds. That's never been part of his DNA. He is the reason, yes, why the Pittsburgh Penguins won two Stanley Cups in 2016, 2017, but he's also the reason why they have the most barren, depleted farm system in the NHL because he just said, ah, I don't care. Pedal to the metal. Let's go. I'm going to trade every first round pick, every prospect I have. I don't care. And that's the risk you have. If you're going into rebuild mode and you have a Jim Rutherford, I just don't know philosophically if there's going to be a connection there. I know he's the one who mentioned it, but he also, it was a little taken out of context. He talked about retooling as well. And I just, I cannot picture this team going all in on a rebuild as long as Jim Rutherford is there because it's just never something he's been part of. Matt, last one for me here. Um, who are the untouchables from outside the market looking here in Vancouver? We have our idea of the untouchables that should be never mentioned in a trade. When you look at it from the outside looking in, who are those guys for the Vancouver Canucks that even if you go through a scorched earth rebuild, these players should not be moved? I think number one, it's it's very obviously Quinn Hughes. I think he's just one of the more unique talents in the NHL. He's part of that really short list of smaller defensemen who are becoming the prototype of what you want, who can do it all on the ice with, you know, Kale McCarr, Adam Fox, that generation. He's just a special player. You're not moving Quinn Hughes. Even the fact that he was so open to play the right side going into the season, it just shows what a talent he is, that he can make that switch. Not every type of defenseman can do that and still be an elite offensive player. So he's your number one untouchable. I still consider Thatcher Demko part of that tier as well. Maybe a tier below Quinn Hughes, but still fairly untouchable. I really do think talent-wise, he's top five, at worst, top 10 goaltenders in the world. I know it hasn't been the best start to the season, but he hasn't had a lot of help either. I just think he's got the build. He's got the swagger. He's got the technique. He has all the makings of a long-term number one goaltender that can anchor your team. So I'm not touching Thatcher Demko as well. To me, the one that I think is more polarizing of that tier is Elias Pettersson, because I think talent-wise, he really got it back on track in the second half of last season. And it's not too late for him to get back on the trajectory of being a franchise player who can get 40 goals, 90 points. The ability is there. The shot is there. The skating is there. The stick handling is there. It's all there, the package, for him to be a superstar, in my opinion. It hasn't gone anywhere. At the same time, he has had these bouts of inconsistency throughout his career. So 
I put him in the next tier below the first two just because I could see him being part of a hockey trade, a fair hockey trade that brings a star player back to the Canucks and is just sort of part of some kind of reboot. So to me, those are the three names that I think of first, but it's Quinn Hughes at the top in his own tier. We'll have to see if they land Bedard first and they can replace that one C <laughs> with uh, with Patterson. Matt, we'll let you go on this. Your favorite go-to karaoke song. Oh, my favorite. It's hard to pick one. I usually go Bon Jovi, Wanted Dead or Alive. Mm. I would have done it that night, <laughs> but it was taken. Someone, someone did it already. Unbelievable. Tough one. All right. Well, maybe we'll do a duet. Uh, pictures a good <laughs> duet. We'll do that next year in Nashville. Nashville is going to be a little more intimidating uh, to do karaoke, and from what I hear, so uh, that should be an interesting one next year in the draft. Oh my goodness! I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Montreal to Nashville because it get any better. Matt doesn't get much better than you, man. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Anytime. There he is. Matt Larkin from Daily Face. Uh, and Alex, I see what you got going on behind me with this Jim Rutherford photo again. This green screen is going to it's gonna be the death of me back here. He's keeping Matt around, too. Yeah, I so know. Matt's got to stare at me and Jim Rutherford Jim on the Rutherford screen here. This is, Alex is he's out of control <laughs> with the green screen. Well, Matt, you can stick around if you want because we're not sure why you're not off the screen yet. But we're getting to the chat now because just <laughs> in that chat that we had with you, Matt, you're still here. Uh, oh, he's gone now. Uh, our thanks again to Matt Larkin. Uh, the chat was very active before we got to that interview, and it was very active during and after as well. So we have vibe in the chat. We're going to talk about the vibe in the chat because a lot of people saying a lot of different things. And I know that's quite a sentence to just throw out there, but people are saying things, Chris. People are saying things about the rebuild. And uh, there was one comment that I really liked. It was from Corey Shuchuk. And it said, why sell off the team? They're doing a great job tanking as it is. And obviously he's joking to some extent. But what I do want to say to that is that, you know, when I talk about this turnaround coming, I talk about, you know, Miller's been moved to the wing. He looked marginally better last night. He scored two goals last night, right? Elias Pettersson still looks really good, right? Elias Pettersson's going to start getting, um, you know, some help from the secondary scoring uh, on this team. And again, Thatcher Demko... Hasn't been great this year. He was better last night, and yep. he's going to get better as the season season progresses well, here. Alex, you can pull up this defense core here. Uh, the defense that you see for the Canucks last night, you probably wouldn't be that confused to think that this team was tanking <laughs> if you look at what you're seeing out there. And uh, just to read it out for the podcast listeners, you already saw it, but it's OEL, Tyler Myers, Jack Rathbone, Kyle Burroughs is your second pairing, and Guillaume Brisebois is a legend in this city, uh, and Luke Shen rounding out the third pair. Yeah, that's a tanking defense core and someone put it out last night it is included in the statue they said where does Jalen Chatfield actually they said uh is Jalen Chatfield the best defenseman if he's on the Canucks right now he's playing ahead of Ethan Bear who the Canucks were actually interested in this past offseason reportedly so yeah again where does Jalen Chatfield slot into this uh this it's too bad because like you look at the basically you look at the whole bottom four of what the Canucks put together as a defense pairings and you're like oh, I'd like to see those guys on your bottom pairing but because of the situation, because of the injuries, you know, Rathbone is asked to be a top four. Burroughs is asked to be a top four. I'd like to see that pairing as kind of your third pairing running out there. It's just, it's it's a really dark time for the Canucks. And I think even thinking about just tanking right now, I know this is something that we've always discussed a lot in the chat um, over the past couple days here, really. Um, this team is almost setting itself up for it, like, unintentionally. And yeah, we can get the rankings up here pretty soon here too, Alex. I know like we can we can start to look at draft things a little bit. Well, I think that's what people are getting to. How many Bedard comments have we had in the chat already? Well, listen here because trying to compete and then accidentally tanking and accidentally going into a rebuild, that's the Jim Benning special. That year that they got Pedersen when I said, "Oh yeah, that was the only year they tanked." Sorry. That was the closest they've ever come to tanking because that was the only year they actually selled off at the deadline. They got rid of Hanson. They got rid of Alex Burrows. Okay? That was the closest they've ever come to tanking. This team has never yeah, no actually... Picks, no, exactly. This team has never intentionally tanked is the problem, right? If you're on Team Tank, I, I understand at this point. I get it. But I think all fans want to see is just like right off this season, get a high draft pick in this very deep draft. You miraculously somehow by the grace of Jim Benning, still have your first first round pick in this draft. It's a very deep draft, but the top end of that draft is fantastic. So do your best to end up there. Do your best to get, you know, 
Do your best to get well, Connor Bedard. They're doing their best right now. We got some comments here in the YouTube as well. Reese says Jimbo smiling somewhere in the distance, seeing Breezebois in the lineup. We always we always remember how much uh, Jim Benning brought up Guillaume Breezebois. That's right. Uh, with how, how often he was a prospect. Let's and Jalen Chatfield. Yeah, and Chris Tannen another one as well. Uh, Kai, Kai's in the chat as well. Any thoughts on experimenting guys like Pod Colson or Garland on the penalty kill? It can't get any worse, and I think Pod Colson has the potential to be a decent penalty killer in the future. Kai, I am 100% with you on that. Vasily Pod Colson has killed penalties his entire life. That was one spot where even though he was getting six minutes a night in the KHL a lot of nights, he was doing like three of it on the penalty kill. I mean, this is a guy who should be on your penalty kill 100% of the time. He was one of the top players of blocked shots in the KHL when he was over there, I'm still shocked that we haven't seen a, a significant run of Vasily Pod Colson on the penalty kill. It, it's an absolute no-brainer to me. Yeah. And and you're right to comment on the rest of your comment there. What It can't get much worse. How yeah. wide open was that one-timer yesterday on the power play for the, for the Hurricanes in the first period? I mean, it was wide open. The slot was... You couldn't open up more of a... A passing lane. It was right? Sveshnikov, too. It was incredible. Yeah. And that's that's a guy who has, what, five goals in six games, or six goals in five games coming into that seven, one? Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's got seven and six. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so Isabella Urbani wrote an article at Canucks Army mm-hmm. uh, comparing the first seven games of last year to the first seven games of this year. And there were some interesting stats in there. And obviously... Uh, the main culprit is the goal differential in the third period, as you could have guessed. Last year, it was minus one through seven games, and obviously the Canucks didn't have as bad of a start through seven as they did last year. It was minus one last year. This year, it's minus 13. Uh, penalty kill percentage, which you just brought up, 57%, which is the absolute worst in the NHL right now. Last year through seven, when it was this big problem that we were all talking about, 76%. So things are bad right now, folks. Uh, even the power play's worse. Power play's at 16% last year through seven. Did you get the penalty kill there? Did you say 23%. that? 23%. I did say the penalty kill. I missed uh, it. Penalty kill's at 57 right now. 57%, which is the worst in the National Hockey League. It's brutal. 76% last year through seven. But again. How much was made last year about it being a coin flip? And it's like, oh, it couldn't be this bad again. It's this bad again. Again, uh, wanted to add that the Canucks didn't. Like, they weren't great through their first seven games last year, but they also fell apart a lot in November, and obviously those changes came. When Pittsburgh came to town, I don't know if you looked at the calendar, Chris, Pittsburgh's coming to town soon. I don't like this this Jim Rutherford photo. Okay. It's creeping me out here. Can you, Alex, can you try oh, to focus? I'm trying to focus, but I got this guy around Alex my corner. Alex is juking you out. Man, I can't, oh do, my I gosh. can't deal with this anymore. That's going to be a clip for sure. Yeah, what about the rankings, Alex? I want to see the rankings more time. Let me talk about some of these. Because you mentioned it. You said that uh, somebody told you that the top four guys in this could be better than than we've seen since Jack Hughes. And like it, it's very true. Like Fantilli is ridiculous right now. Uh, in the NCAA, leading the NCAA in scoring. And he's the guy number three on this list. Mitchkov's going to be an interesting one because he's signed till like 2025 or something. Yeah. Or 2026. I think he's he's not coming over from Russia for a long time. I've, Scott I've, has got him locked up. And they're not even playing him a lot over there in the in the KHL. I've seen people say that if Connor Bedard wasn't legitimately a generational talent, that Mitchkov would be the first overall pick by a very, very wide margin. Well, he's ridiculous. And that yeah. he's also like very close to being in that generational conversation. But Fantilli's got the size, and he's got a ridiculous amount of production already. And he's playing yeah. on a strong Michigan team who they've had. Like, I know his point totals are crazy, but Michigan has also started the season with some very easy competition, um, which you can also see in, in Jacob Truscott, Vancouver Canucks prospect, having a lot of points right now. He had a four-point game the other day. Uh, and Fantilli, he's been ripping up for sure. Jaeger's another interesting one. Uh, and I got Matthew Wood down on the bottom. We've seen him play a couple times. I haven't been that impressed with him, and I haven't been that impressed with him nope. um, so far, but that's another BC kid. I just think that, yeah, Connor Bedard, the opportunity to get this kid um, is ridiculous, and Narav says it. Yeah, Fantilli's on another level in the NCAA. It, yeah. It's very true. Like, it, the size, the skill, everything you see in this game. Leo Carlson as well. Um, he's got 10 points in 12 SHL games. Okay, like, we're getting a little too low on no, this. No, but list. I'm just, well, what else do you want to talk? You want to <laughs> no, talk no, about no. Harry Potter? No, no, or no, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. Like, you're you're making the point that it is a deep draft, especially at the forward position, right? Um, and yeah, that that's absolutely true. And I just wanted to add Fantilli. That's a name you can trust. Ends in L-L-I. Well, you don't even know his name. You said it wrong right off the top what of the show. I call him Luke 
Yeah. Luke Fusilli. Alex, since you're so busy over there, Alex, can you give me a little bit of music? I got something a little oh, special to put up here. We've got on the music. Yeah, just a little me? bit of whatever kind of music. You some can't sort just of... tell him to throw up music. Alex is. He he's got have music. That ready. Yeah, he does. He's got music queued up. He's ready uh, for it. While we wait for that unreasonable request to our poor producer Alex Alar. Anything, Alex. Uh, oh, and he's got this jazz already. Pull me up, Alex. He was Time. Quick. We got oh, the. Oh boy, you've, you got to be kidding. We got me. the Tankathon. Let's see. Let's just do it once. Let's see what happens to the Canucks. Okay, they're they're worst in the league right now. They finished last in the league. Podcast listeners, favor has Tankathon up. Would they get the first overall pick? We're gonna reset it just to make sure. And here we go. No, they don't get it. <laughs> so they move down to number two. La would LA pick number jumps one. Jumps up seven spots. <laughs> yeah, to add to their prospect pool. Yeah, nightmare scenario if you're a Canucks fan is the La Kings jump up seven spots. To select Connor Bedard and rip him right out of your hands. Welcome, You're ranked yeah. 32nd overall. And that's the thing. This season might be painful. Ugh. But wouldn't it be way more painful if you have the best oh. odds at Connor Bedard? It just looks Dude. like, oh, kid from Vancouver, you know, said he cried for a week after the 2011 Cup run. Join the club, buddy. He's there and... He's right there in their graph. They've done everything they can to get the best odds at drafting him. And then a team in the Pacific who's already has a better regular season record and a better prospect pool than the Canucks jumps up and gets him. Seven spots. That is actual confirmation. If that actually happened, that the Vancouver Canucks are a cursed organization. Like, they are absolutely cursed if that that goes down. Yeah, leading the... Thanks for pulling that up. Well, I just want you to say, we're at that point in the season, I think. Seven games in, we already got the... uh... Okay. The draft simulator anyway, on? Yeah. Um, Connor I, just thought, I just thought, hey, let's have some fun. Let's check it out. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Connor Bedard lighting the, uh, the what, OHL? There's just there's so WHL. many WHL. WHL, come on. He's going to be in Vancouver next month. They're going to yeah, go out yeah, and watch him. Right. Standing area only uh, yeah. out at, uh, against the Giants out there. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> like, people in the chat know it, too. They're I think jumping everyone, in, like, yeah. Like, nobody's Yaku- in the chat saying, like, they're going to come back. Yeah. That was like five days ago. People were, were like, oh, you guys are overreacting. Everyone, I've seen people on Twitter the last little bit like, relax, relax. The team hasn't won in seven games. <laughs> if you don't care at all, then yeah, you can relax. But if you give a damn about this team, it is pretty hard to relax. If you don't care, like I said earlier in the show, if you're just a guy who shows up to a game once a month and you just like to watch a hockey game, watch an NHL hockey game, or, you know, like to root for the home team, cool. If you're a hardcore fan and you're and you, I don't want to say live and breathe this team, but if you really care about this team, it's pretty hard to relax seven games into the season without a win. Because if you want to see this team be successful, yeah, like I just it's difficult. It would be very hard to relax. I would think if you really cared about this team being a perennial playoff team and just everything. And then you brought it up and you wrote about it. I don't think you exactly said this in the Stanchies last night, but like. In my eyes, the, this team does have a good enough roster where they're not going to finish last in the league. You put them up, you put their roster up against the Arizona Coyotes. I'm pretty sure the Canucks are going to finish with a better record than the Coyotes, Coyotes, no matter how bad they play. Coyotes had a better defense group than the Canucks did last night. Sure, you're probably yeah. No, I, that's actually. I mean, true. obviously, Jacob Chikrin helps that. Sure, uh, and no Quinn Hughes for the Canucks, obviously. But yeah, like. You're, you're right. The roster is better uh, in Vancouver than it is in Arizona. Like, there's a reason the Canucks had such high expectations for themselves this year, right? I think they said colossal failure if they don't make the playoffs. Those are their words, folks. That's not us. I think we'd use some different words, as would the chat. Uh, quickly, we didn't really jump into the chat to read people's comments, but there was a lot today, and I want to get to it. Uh, Yako Rakola, sorry if I butchered the pronunciation on that, uh, said that they are diehard. You've got to be careful with these last names. Someone's going to get you here. Well, a hardcore fan from 94 said nobody who's a Canucks fan would expect to win the draft lottery. Uh, Reese Kelly agreeing with that sentiment and not jumping in and saying that was depressing. Yeah, you're like, well, that, that was, was fun. Let's run the mock draft. We'll do it another time after each loss, I Tomorrow, guess, until yeah. they get a win. Also, how sad is it this team can't get Bruce's 600th win? Like, he's one away. It's tough. And you know what? Two days off here. I don't think anything's happening to Bruce. I don't think Bruce is going to be no. the next domino to fall. I think there's a, a trade is going to happen first. You have right? to. No. It, like, like, a big trade can't... happens before Bruce gets fired unless they go, like, a, unless they don't win, like, 12 games into the season. It can't just be, oh, well, we just need to fire the coach. You can't sell fans on. If you try to sell fans on that, you're going to get a lot of pushback because... I think people, even us, bought to some extent that last year the problem was Travis Green. And once you got rid of Travis Green, everything was fine because that's how it appeared. That's how it looked. 
What's your explanation here? Is it, oh, well, Travis was the wrong coach. Bruce was the wrong coach. Now we're really going to get the right coach. And I understand that this this was a uh, coach that wasn't hired by Jim Rutherford or Patrick Alvin. So I understand that maybe they don't feel a sense of this is our guy. But Pretty still. shocking, too, hearing Rutherford be like, oh, we, we were under the assumption that... We, Bruce not we... Rutherford said that right. he, when he came here, was under the assumption that Bruce was here for one year. He was under the impression that Bruce was here for one year, not two. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's troubling, Coxland. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I keep asking the players this in the locker room. Are you? I, I've asked this to multiple players now. Is it a slump? Are things not going your way, or do there need to be changes? And I've heard a variety of different answers. None of the players have obviously said that the room needs to change. Mm-hmm. Some players, like Tyler Myers, has told me that there is some things to the structure that probably needs to change. I've heard things from Bo Horvat of like, no, it's just in the room. We got to figure this out. That's what most of the players are saying. But I found it interesting to hear from Myers that like the structure that they even ran last year. And he talked about this yesterday. And I talked, I'm going to write about this at Canucks army here very soon. It was like, even last year, they knew at times that certain things with the structure of the defense needed to change. And I think they were on such a heater last year and they were getting the bounces and, you know, plays like last night where, Thatcher Demko goes to make a save and the puck squeaks through his legs and it's sitting there in the crease as he's sliding out of the crease. Last year, that doesn't happen. The puck stays in his pads and you don't have to worry about that situation presenting itself. It just, this is what happens when things don't go your way and you're kind of being exposed for what this team maybe actually is at this point. I don't even think it's maybe. When someone shows you who they are, at some point, you have to just believe them. And I think this team's shown us who they are. Tell you what, Guillaume Breezeball last night, though, he was pretty good. I liked Breezeball last night. The one positive. Yeah. Keon Breezeball. I have a couple the stat. of shot blocks. Uh, late statsies coming up today from okay. Michael Liu. Uh, he was busy today, but he said uh, Breezeball was the leading Corsi man last night for the Canucks. You love, yeah, you With love With 50%. And the Canucks were outshot, like, what, 39 to 16 against the team coming off the end of a road trip. And that was pointed out by one of our commenters, 39 to 16. And again, we're like, they're turning it around. It's looking good. Yeah, it's Jack, to Jack look Rathbone better. better start looking over his shoulder for Breezeball coming <laughs> top four minutes here next week. Breezeball actually looked good. Uh, he did, but so did Rathbone. And Rathbone you know, Boudreaux, Boudreaux said the same thing. Like he, you know, Boudreaux said him. he was hoping, hopeful that it was more than a one game thing but for Breezeball. He, he did say that he liked Breezeball. him. He said he liked him last night. Yeah, he did. No, no, no that's what I'm saying is he was hopeful. He said he was hopeful that uh, Breezeball can play in more than just one game. Yeah. Prospects report. You ready for it? Before, yeah. We'll get to Corey. Corey says, uh, this is not a coaching problem. Absolutely. And Reese says, uh, quads. That, that is, that is by, by far the most depressing stat of the day. And that's saying something as we went through the uh, the, the draft lottery simulator and saw the Canucks <laughs> lose Bedard to a uh, division rival, I guess. A I team think in I'm going to title the Statsies. I always think about this throughout the day. I think I'm going to title the Statsies. Guillaume Breezeball led the Canucks in Corsi last night. Wow. Yeah, that, that'll tell you all you need to know. Okay. Dan, Dan uh, says Jim Benning curse, maybe. OEL curse got thrown in the chat as yeah. well by Matthew. Matthew Berardi, another name you can trust. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's get to the prospect support. Okay. Nothing happened yesterday awesome. for the Canucks prospects. No prospects report. Hey, but I do. Uh, I know we talk about uh, AHL sometimes, the prospects there. We got uh, AHL, uh, Abitur Canuck, uh, John Stevens going to join the show on Thursday. An excellent interview, Stevens is. The uh, Abbotsford Canucks kick off their home opener on Friday. So Stevens is going to join us. He's been here a while. His dad's a coach. This is a, this is a good interview. Steven's he knows a good what guy. it takes to win. He, he's a good guy to talk hockey with. Uh, I'm excited. I've always uh, had good interactions with him. Uh, so uh, John Stevens joined the show Thursday. Yakko Ricola jumped back in the chat, asked for a quick analysis of what's up with Demko. Uh, movement, tracking the We don't have enough puck. time. You can do that tomorrow. I, we probably don't have time. I've talked about it. I can't stop you here. You and Woodley. That's something. But you guys talk about goalies. It's 15 well, minutes for on one sec, answer here. Because I talked about post-integration last week. Oh, and no, I told we're not people, doing that No, again. listen, listen. I no. told people to watch for him going to the reverse VH no. too early. He's been better at that. He was better at that last okay, night. That's so, it. again, I actually no. thought Demko played pretty well last night. I'll get into it another time. Tomorrow, uh, we got lots of time. Betway wrap-up. Give it to us. Give it. Yeah. Pull it up, Alex. Pull it up, Alex. I got a wild one for folks tonight. Get your plane tickets. We're going over to Sweden. We're going to the second division in Sweden. Here it is. Jur Gardens, home of uh, of Jonathan LeCaramacki. And it's like, oh, you're probably just throwing this out there. Here, let me give you this. Okay. 50 bucks would get you 145 on the return. Jur Garden is on a four-game win streak, won seven of their last eight. They're playing Mora, who is another Canucks prospects home uh, in Jonathan Myrenberg. Mora, they've, in their last three games, 
they've allowed 10 goals and only scored in three. So I'm picking 4-2 Jur Gardens over Mora. And uh, you get to watch two Canucks prospects and care about that as well. So I'm, tomorrow I'm walking home with uh, about uh, just under $1,000 tomorrow. So Okay. And that was our wrap-up. And then I'll take you. that $1,000 and I'll buy a second half of a green screen. So I can, <laughs> then Alex can figure out what's going on behind me here. Okay. And that was our wrap-up. And you got to play responsibly. Betway, Betway, Betway. Uh, 19 years of, of age or older. Betway, Betway. All right. That way. All right. We'll wrap it up. Now there. we got we got matching backgrounds too. That's that's exciting. That is pretty cute, especially with you on the uh, logo yourself there. Yeah, it's better than the creepy stuff Alex has been putting behind me with yeah. Trader Jim. I'm, I'm excited for Sleeping Faber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Arby's, folks. I'm thinking Arby's. Uh, podcast listeners, Alex just put uh, a beef and shed right behind. Chris's Alex, head with I a am. Thought Alex, I am coming for you after the show. Amazing. Okay. We'll At least close. put the loaded curly fries behind me. The loaded curly fries are the best thing on the menu. I don't want the beef and cheddar. I'm not bagged milk over here. Right. I don't like this. The boss made me get this damn green screen. I knew I was going to be. I knew I was getting screwed over by this green screen. Thank that you. There, is, that looks fine. The loaded curly. What is that? A Harvey's? Harvey's. He gave you Harvey's. Oh my gosh. Alex is on fire. I'm done with today. this green screen. Alex is on fire. Favor has put down his mic. He's walking out of the studio. Uh, for my co-host. Chris Faber, our technical producer, Alex Lard, who was on one today. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. I'm throwing out the damn green screen. It's freaking done. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.